Hello, and welcome to Look to Love, a podcast from me, J.L. Gerhardt, to help you read the Bible a better way, to see, know, and fall in love with God. Not enough of us love God, you guys. We might want to love God. We might want to want to love God. But so many of us have found ourselves falling away from God and wanting a passion for him, but we don't exactly know how to stir it. And that is the point here of Look to Love. We are trying to help you love God. So every week we read a passage of scripture, usually a chapter or so. We're working our way from Genesis to Revelation, and we ask the question, who is God? Because we truly believe that if you will look at God, you can fall in love with God. So let's do this. Let's open our Bibles and look to love. Before my daughter London was born, my husband and I had a couple miscarriages, and we weren't sure uh, what was going on or if we were going to be able to have a baby, and we were both getting sad about it and processing that. And so we'd taken a break from trying for a little while, and we had decided that we wanted to start back. But before we did, we each took a notebook, and we went down underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. We were living in Brooklyn at the time, and we each wrote a letter to the baby that we hoped we'd one day have. And I remember writing to London, who I didn't know was London at that time. I remember saying that I hoped she'd be full of life that I hoped she would love all kinds of things, all kinds of tastes and all kinds of sounds and all kinds of people. Justin wrote a letter too. And in his letter, he said, I hope that you're kind. I remember reading that letter and just crying, imagining my kind child. What was so beautiful about Justin's letter wasn't just that he had hit on exactly the thing we both hoped for our child, But it was that him hoping that our child would be kind revealed so much to me about his heart. Today, we're going to be in Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy is this book that's really one long speech from Moses. In it, Moses is repeating the commands that he's already given earlier in Leviticus and Numbers, and he's repeating these commands to this new generation of Israelites who are finally going to be entering the Promised Land. The whole thing is, like I said, one long speech from Moses, and I always imagine this speech like it's a dad whose kid is going off to college, and this is the last chance that he has to impart wisdom to his child, and he has so many things that are running through his mind, and he's not going to be going with his child, right? This is the father sending his child, and in the same way, Moses is not going to be entering the promised land with the people, and since he won't be there, he wants to make sure They have the best chance they possibly can for success. So he is telling them everything they need to know. And throughout Deuteronomy, you'll run into this word, which I think is so perfect for this moment. Moses will say it again and again. Remember. Remember. Don't forget. Remember. It sounds exactly like what I would imagine that I will one day be saying to my daughters as I send them off to college. Now, Moses isn't the only one sending his kids away here. God is sending his children on an adventure. God will be going with them, unlike Moses, but God won't be going with them in the same way. He won't be sending his Moses, his servant Moses, along. 
and he won't be as verbally present as he has been in the past. And so God's kids are, they're kind of graduating into a new level of independence. And so God, alongside Moses, wants his kids to be successful. And he has some things that he wants them to know. He has some things he needs them to remember. And that is how we get the book of Deuteronomy. Personally, I think the book of Deuteronomy has some of the most beautiful passages in the whole Bible. One of those passages, and this one is a weird one to pick when there are so many poetic ones, so many lovely passages, the one I want to look at today is Deuteronomy chapter 24. And I picked it out because I think this command or this set of commands that's in this chapter, it's just a list of different things that Israel needs to remember as they go into the new land. I think this list of commands is revealing. Just like when my husband said, this is what I hope for you to the child we didn't know if we'd ever have. God is saying, this is what I hope for you to Israel. And what God hopes for Israel reveals something about God's heart. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 24. I'm just going to skip around through this chapter. Let's start in verse 6. Do not take a pair of grindstones or even the upper millstone as security for a debt, because that is like taking a life as security. If a man is discovered kidnapping one of his Israelite brothers, whether he treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. You must purge the evil from you. Be careful with a person who has a case of serious skin disease, following carefully everything the Levitical priests instruct you to do. Be careful to do as I have commanded them. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on the journey after you left Egypt. Okay, three different commands, really weird and different from one another, and at the same time, similar Maybe your Bible, like mine, has a phrase, like a title above this section. And the title that the Christian Standard Bible gives it is Safeguarding Life. These three rules, although very different from one another, are all about protecting a life. The first one, don't take a pair of grindstones or even the upper millstone as a security for a debt, because that is like taking a life as security. They're saying, don't take the thing they need to make money as your security, as you're waiting for them to give you money. If you take away their livelihood, they can't pay you back. So you need to be kinder than that. You need to enable them to have what it takes to be able to make the money that you want them to give you back. The second one, if you're going to kidnap one of your Israelite brothers, you're going to sell them as a slave. You can't do that. That has to be a big top sin. This is the kind of thing that if you do it, there will be serious consequences. God's protecting his people. He's making sure that the Israelites show kindness to their own brothers and sisters, that they protect them. And then here in this last one, we know that we need to take care of the person who has the skin disease, not only to take care of them and protect them, but because when we take care of them, we also take care of all of the Israelites. We keep them from getting the skin disease. Okay, let's keep going. The next section, the heading above it in my Bible says, consideration for people in need. He says in verse 10, when you make a loan of any kind to your neighbor, do not enter his house to collect what he offers as security. Stand outside while the man you are making the loan to brings the security out to you. Okay, this is just basically, don't embarrass somebody. If somebody needs a loan from you, don't go barging into their house saying, I'm gonna take that, embarrassing them in front of their wife or their kids. Wait outside, be discreet. Verse 12, if he's a poor man, do not sleep with the garment he has given as security. Be sure to return it to him at sunset, then he will sleep in it, 
and bless you, and this will be counted as righteousness to you before the Lord your God. If you are making a loan and someone brings you a garment as their security, like their down payment promising you that they're going to pay, it's okay if they give it to you. If that's all they have and they give it to you, that's fine. But that's all they have. And so at night when it gets cold, they don't have anything to keep them warm. And so you need to return it at night so they're not sleeping naked, cold in the desert. God says, bring it back to them so they can get a good night's sleep. And that will be a blessing to you in addition to being a blessing to them. Verse 14, do not oppress a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether one of your Israelite brothers or one of the resident aliens in a town in your land. You are to pay him his wages each day before the sun sets because he's poor and he depends on them. You can't pay someone who's poor two weeks from when they worked. They need the money today. They need to feed their family. They need to pay their bills. They're living from day to day. And God says, pay them from day to day so they have what they need. Otherwise, he will cry out to the Lord against you and you will be held guilty. Verse 16, fathers are not to be put to death for their children and children are not to be put to death for their fathers. Each person will be put to death for his own sin. This is to protect the people around someone who is sinful. Someone else's evil is not going to put you in danger, God says, only your own. Verse 19, when you reap the harvest in your field and you forget a sheaf in the field, don't go back to get it. It's to be left for the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. So if you're harvesting your field, you inevitably leave some behind. Don't go back and pick up the parts you left behind. Leave those for the people who can't find work, for the people who are struggling, for those who don't have their own field. This might look like the resident alien, which is the immigrant, the person who has come into your community from outside of your community. It might look like orphans. It might look like a woman whose husband has died and she doesn't have any way of earning income right now. You need to take care of those people. Leave your extra in your field for them. When you knock down the fruit from your olive tree, you do not go over the branches again. When you go through it, there's always something left, something that you missed. That's for the resident alien, for the fatherless and the widow. When you gather the grapes, don't glean what is left. What remains will be for the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember, you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and therefore I am commanding you to do this. He reminds them, you haven't always been so blessed. You haven't always had so much. And now that you do take care of the people who don't. All right, what do these commands reveal about our God? He wants those with power to use their power for those without it. He loves the poor. He loves the immigrant. God loves the widow. He loves the orphan. God wants to take care of his people, especially the people who need his care. And he wants to use his people to take care of his people. God is very strict on those with power. If you have power and you have resources, God expects you to use your power and your resources for the benefit of those without. That, by the way, is the definition of kindness. Kindness is using your strength for someone who's weak. Kindness is what Jesus did on the cross. It's doing something for other people that they can't do for themselves, and in so doing, to enable them to live a more abundant life. It's what Justin wanted for our kids in that letter. He said, I hope you're kind. And when God wrote a letter to his kids, he looked at them and he said, I hope you're kind, because he's kind. And he wants you to be like your father. Oh, 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 o
Thanks for joining me today at Look to Love. If you've been listening for a bit now, hey, how about leaving a review? Uh, Just click the stars, say a couple things to help the people know why they need Look to Love in their lives. You know how hard it is to pick a podcast to listen to, and reviews help, so write a review. Help the people. This podcast began as I was writing the book, Look to Love, A Better Way to Read the Bible. So if you're interested in this way of approaching scripture, get yourself a book available right now on Amazon. You can follow me at J.L. Gerhart on Instagram or Facebook, or subscribe to my free bi-weekly essay, The Goodness, where I look for the goodness of God in the land of the living. Do reach out. I'd love to know you're listening. Until next time, I hope you'll look to love.